I used to visit all the very gay places, those come what may places, where one relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life to get the feel of life from jazz to cocktails. The men I knew had sad and solemn gray faces, those come what may faces. Fresh Art International presents Art Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird, Fresh Art producer, and today I'm speaking with Khadija Queen, a poet who studied at Antioch University, Los Angeles, and recently completed a residency at the Norman Mailer Writers' Colony in Provincetown, Mass. Khadija, you recently completed a new book of poems titled Black Peculiar that's on two bestseller lists. Who's your audience for this work? I think that my audience is anybody who's interested in the different things that language can do in terms of bending genre for people who are interested in conversations about race and gender contemporarily as well as historically. So how did this book get on two bestseller lists? What what are people noticing about it? <laughs> well, I think they're noticing that it's quite funny. Um, it's kind of a biting wit. And it's also very bold. It's bolder than a lot of, than pretty much anything else I've written up until this point. And it's also pretty innovative in terms of language and structure. Well, I've been spending some time with the book and I noticed it has three themes, Black, Peculiar, Animus, and Non Sequitur. Tell me about how those three themes developed for you. First, there was, um, I started sort of with the third section, which is Non Sequitur, and it's a verse play with 50-something abstract characters. And the middle section came about a little bit later, I'd say about six months later, and I wrote a bunch of these prose poems that all start with the line mostly to uncover the reality of. But those were sort of parables. They're parables slash prose poems that are both introspective and social commentary. And Black Peculiar Energy Complex is subtitled Analogies to Imaginary Letters to Various Facets of the Self. And they started as me trying to sort of reconcile issues of race in this country. It seemed like such an absurd thing, uh, racism, in the post-Obama election era, 2008-2009, and people were <laughs> trying to say that we were post-racial. The day after Obama was elected, I was driving back to Florida from Atlanta, and we stopped at an IHOP, and we weren't served. It was in Georgia, just a town off the highway. And we were waiting for like 10 or 15 minutes. And we started to look around and they had this like Southern paraphernalia, like Confederate flag postcards, Southern bill postcards. And we just kind of left, you know, we cut our losses and left. So I was trying to make sense of racism in modern times, like right now. It's become really in your face uh, with Fox News and all those guys. It's 
it seems like it's become a lot more strident since Obama has been elected. I just find it really absurd, even at the same time as it's disturbing. And that's what I tried to capture in the book. Well, I noticed in that section that page design seems to be very critical to the reading experience. And our listeners, of course, can't see the page, although we could put some examples on the site. I think that the visual poetry of it, the patterns are really important, aren't they? A lot of the content is very dense. So I think that if by sort of chunking some of the lines, but also having a lot of white space helps people to absorb the analogies and the abstractions and also some of the more straightforward, bolder lines. Would you like to read a few excerpts for us? Sure. Destined appendix is to simultaneous orchestra as opposition is to unknown. Dear Anxiety, I named my puppy after you, not thinking he had any chance of being run over. Determination is to perpetual leveling as to potentiality. Dear Future Mistakes, please stop laughing. Fourteen is to iambic as naivete is to one-sixteen. Dear Shakespeare, I memorize your sonnets like prayer. Action is to gardening as fertilizer is to reaction. Dear activist, I have planted the revolutionary tulips. Please check back mid-season. Entitlement is to against mercy as far, far beyond is to linked consequence. Dear fruit, I chose not to eat you today. You looked so delicious, I did not think I deserved to strip off your skin with my teeth and let your tart, sticky liquor drip down my throat, even though I was both hungry and thirsty. I believe there's beauty in an untouched thing. Yes, I could have devoured you, but didn't. I am not a very good animal. I talk too much. The last one that I read is... Poets will get it, or people who know uh, William Carlos Williams' famous poem about the plum. You, you know, you look so delicious, I couldn't help it, and he ate the plum that his wife had in the refrigerator because it was so sweet and so cold. And that piece is sort of playing off his sort of nerve and just taking what he wanted, even though it wasn't his, and that sense of entitlement just challenging it a little bit. I like that one a lot. The section of the book that started it all is non sequitur. And the way you describe it in the book, as you said just now, you told us there are 50 abstract characters. And the way you describe the presentation of it or the organization of it is a disjointed chorus in three acts. Now, how would this one be performed when it has characters that you've named the fondled hair, online payments, and the outraged exaggerator. I mean, how do you represent the fondled hair in a performance or reading? Well, sometimes I'll I'll just read it in my regular voice, straight up like a piece on the page. And I've, I've talked to a couple of playwrights, and one said this may just exist as in a book, you know, the 
part of the irony of it is that it can't be performed, a play that can't be performed. I'm wondering how how you promote your books. This is the second full-length book of poetry for you, isn't it? It is, and I think I've learned a lot along the way. My first book was out in 2008, and it is a challenge when you're an independent author and you're with a small press. But I think generating buzz for the book uh, using social networking, Twitter, Facebook. But the main thing is doing readings. I find that when I do readings and meet people, sometimes it will lead to something else. People really relate to the book. You're able to talk to people in the audience to help them understand your work. And it reaches people in a way than, than just looking at it in a bookstore. It really benefits from that interpersonal contact. I also think it can't hurt to know people who know people. <laughs> so if somebody who knows a lot of people in uh, the literary world or in other worlds uh, likes your book, then your book is going to benefit. Noemi Press has been really good about sending Black Peculiar out for reviews. It has gotten attention. It was on... Um, Dean Raider's Best of 2011 list in SFGate. It's uh, the Small Press Distribution's bestseller list for November and December. So uh, I think it's doing pretty well. I think the boldness and the strangeness of the book speak to the sort of times that we're living in, uh, in terms of how upfront the conflict has become in terms of class, race, and gender. And I think it's a lot more prominent in people's lives than you would think, you know. You're a single parent, right? Right. And you are finding a way to focus on your writing and coming up with the resources to maintain your creative practice. And I've been following your work for a few years now and just... I'm always impressed at how you maintain your single-mindedness about your practice. How do you, how do you, how are you managing that? It's definitely a balancing act um, between sort of, you said single-mindedness. I think sometimes I can get tunnel vision. (laughs) Um, So I have to be careful about that, but at the same time, protect my writing time Most of the time I can get my writing in in the morning before my son wakes up, before I have to start getting him ready for school. So that is really important to me. And if I don't get it in, I feel like I'm off for the day. You know, I I, I need to write every day. I know that about myself. So I just make sure that I do it. And if I can't do it in the morning, I'll try to get it in at night. That's something you hold yourself to. Definitely. I notice the difference in myself when I skip it. And it doesn't even have to be like I'm writing an epic masterpiece. Even if I just write a list of things that I am thinking about, you know, jotting down some notes, just that for at least 15 minutes, but mostly I try to do it for an hour in the morning, helps me to stay engaged with my creativity. And I have a lot of support from writing communities Cave Canem is, is important to me, which is it's an organization for African-American poets that I've been part of since 2007. When I went to the Norman Mailer Center, I was able to bring my son with me for the month that I was there. And my mother came 
to uh, to stay to watch him while I was at the center. So I think for the most part, writers are in writing communities are very welcoming for single parents. It can be challenging, but you know that's the choice you make when you have kids and you still want to be creative. You know there are place the better places than others, but I think it's important to seek those out and those resources are there. What's your next challenge for yourself? You this book is out. And you're going to be doing readings, I'm sure, and promoting it. What's your next project? What are you working on? I've been working on a much longer project. My first two books are pretty uh, slim volumes, although they're very dense. Um, the one I'm working on now is a lot larger scale, so it's taking me longer than than usual. <laughs> but it's it's talking about my time in the military. It's talking about um, the epidemic of child sex trafficking in the United States. And it's talking about uh, my struggle with fibromyalgia and some other sort of random things, random thoughts about art. And it's a mixed genre, another mixed genre project. And it's got illustrations. So it's it's large scale and it's taken me a while, but I'm I'm happy with it. I'm taking my time with it and letting it develop how it wants to develop. So how are you connecting all those thoughts in one book? Right. That's the challenge. I think they all go together in terms of tone and structure. So they're similarly structured, the different topics. And they're also related through language, the the type of language. That's really the only way I can say that they're related at this moment. But it usually will all come together towards the end. Like when I find that point, that convergence point. That's typically how I write. I'll write a bunch of separate pieces and then I'll start pulling them together, gathering in the nets, so to speak. Then you came along with your siren song to tempt me to madness. I thought for a while that your poignant smile was tent with a sadness all the great love for me ah yes i was wrong again i was wrong you've been listening to art talk with khadija queen read more about khadija and hear other podcasts in this series at freshartinternational.com.